Quiet now, everybody. Quiet, listen to me. We're going to start a show. Now, some of you people have been with me before. You know it's going to be a tough grind. You're going to dance until your feet fall off. You're not able to stand up any longer. But we're going to have a show. Thanks for joining Pick Dog Podcast. I'm Jim Aldred. My guest today is Joshua Lysak. Joshua is a ghostwriter and can take those jumbled thoughts and ideas that we have and turn them into a book that's worth buying and reading. Joshua's a number one international and Wall Street Journal bestselling ghostwriter, and he's ghostwritten more than 80 nonfiction books for celebrities, executives, and entrepreneurs. And he's also edited a book by Scott Adams, who's the artist behind Dilbert comic strips. Joshua, how are you? Thank you for being here. Pretty dandy, Jim. Thanks for having me on today. My pleasure. If you could, just take a few moments and give us a little executive summary about who you are and what it is you do in the ghostwriting space. Yes, you give a great rundown of the the gist of my, of my work. I'm a bit different from a typical ghostwriter. A lot of people assume ghostwriting is the author hires a ghostwriter. Hey, write me a book about this topic. The ghostwriter disappears and shows up a number of months later or weeks later. It says, here's your book. The author puts the name on it and it's good to go. That is one type of ghostwriting that many New York City and Los Angeles based agencies do. Uh, books that are on current events that have a short shelf life, meaning there's something in the news uh, that a particular person or, or a public figure, it's kind of revolved around. Uh, they will hire such an agency. I don't do the sorts of books anymore, but I prefer to work with business owners and entrepreneurs who do not have the attention that they desire in their industry, their niche, or their marketplace. Their offering is superior. Uh, their, value, their value proposition is more valuable than competitors that are out there. And yet, and yet, they do not have the influence that they want. Others are bigger known. Others are better liked, and they say, that's not going to fly. How do I solve this problem? So they invest in public relations, marketing, advertising, perhaps trying out different sales techniques. These work to different degrees of success. But if you hire a marketing agency for 10 months, let's say, at the end of that time, whatever they have done for you is all that you're going to get out of it. Maybe a, a, an extra lead will squeak in here or there. When you hire and work with a ghostwriter for 10 months, what they produce for you, you will be able to use for 10 years. And the type of books that I write are the type that are used inside of a marketing funnel for businesses to generate sales qualified leads, shorten the sales cycle, pre-handle objections, and increase the average dollar sale. That's the type of so, book that I write. It's a very specific kind of book. Good lead into what I was gonna ask. So you had your specific uh, target is business owners, entrepreneurs, right, that are looking to expand their influence in whatever industry they have, whether it's electronics or financial services, the movers and shakers in their own world, but um, they just don't get the, the attention that they think they really deserve. That's that right. They have, um, they have a unique way of doing things, but it's not documented yet. In their industry, a unique way in their own industry. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. They have a method. They have a system. They have a way that they get results, that they've been able to get results consistently for clients. Okay. 
but it's not easily accessible. It's all in the author's head or it's all in the owner's head. Uh, I should say uh, in this case, and um, they so want to change many the processes. Okay, you have a an online course or a um, a training. It's like a boot camp almost. I have a few different programs, different courses that I like to think of them as term in terms of solutions for problems. So I think I have roughly twelve programs, but they are each to address a specific problem. So, for example, well, what what book should I write, or should I do a course instead, or maybe I should just create a coaching offer. What should the book be about? Should I do consulting? I don't know. So I have a program on market research. And then you wonder, well, how do I build the product? How do I make sure that the offer has everything it needs to have? I have a masterclass on that. So it's how do, I, how do I edit my own stuff? I can barely write, much less edit. How do I self-edit? I have a masterclass on that. So it's a specific problems that people encounter in writing, be it ghostwriting, or be it book writing, or just be it an online persuasion. And we have different pieces that cover each of those. You aren't, so you aren't just a ghostwriter. You are total soup to nuts marketing, maybe even public relations person to get somebody a little more. Yeah, ghost writer, ghost marketer, ghost persuader. Well put, well put. Most of your clients, do they come to you via a PR person? Or how, how is that? Most of them come through actually finding finding me, finding finding my stuff. Um, often it's, hey, uh, you know, Scott Adams recommended you. He he likes your work. One or one of your other high profile clients recommended you. I, I want to work with you too because I love I love their book. Right. So it's it's knowing what books that I have written. It's reading my own books, like my latest nonfiction book, so good they call you a fake. It's mm -hmm. reading that and saying, wow, I, I want a book that does everything you talk about here. Uh, and and also through my courses. You know, hey, I want to improve my my um, my persuasive writing abilities. I've taken three of your courses. But I think I want the master to just write my book for me. But now I understand the techniques you're using now. Right. We'll see. So your genre that you focus on is business. Do you go to any others? You don't get into any other nonfiction or fiction, do you? I've done quite a few categories over okay. the years. Okay. Philosophy, theology, religion, all, all manner of religious studies, psychology, even the hard science type books, textbooks, engineering topics. But all of them have been for someone who wants to elevate their profile. Okay. So like a professor, for example, in a certain discipline, they want their colleagues to recommend them. They want to earn tenure, for example, or let's say an entrepreneur who is in an engineering firm, they want to teach their industry. They want to be able to leverage their book to not only sell their business one day by having all of their book, by having all of their intellectual property documented or mentioned inside of their book. It's kind of the one-stop shop, um, but it allows them to do speaking, for example, that are on topics that are very technical, that are not simply straightforward, like lead gen books, uh, let's say. Now you back up a bit. You mentioned something uh, about professors that have, they have to write, they have to publish in order to get tenure. Are they able to use a ghostwriter in their writing? And have it be called their own. Was that was that? It is regularly used. It is it is it is. Ghostwriting is regularly used in academia and outside of academia. The level of disclosure of that is, uh, let's say, it varies. It varies. it varies. Okay, never knew that. That is interesting. So there should actually be no excuse for somebody not publishing. All right. How do when when you ghostwriting for somebody? I know when I write anything that ever happened to have written in college. I have a very technical way of writing because I had an engineering background. How do you maintain the voice of your customer? Ensure that you're not slipping into their Your voice is not slipping I, into the book. I, I do. I do. I used to have an answer to this that I've had to change. 
because I used to believe that author voice authenticity was supreme, meaning it needs to sound just like the person. That's not the case anymore. People tell me, Joshua, I want it to sound like you wrote it because your voice is so powerful and persuasive. That's been the last three to four years or so. Now, there's still, let's say, word choice selection. There's still, it needs to be my ideas. The author will say, of course. But the way that you word things, Joshua, the way that you explain it, just say it however you want to say it. That's going to be the best way to say it. That's where I'm at now. I didn't used to be that way, but it's because I've been so prolific in my own efforts to promote my own content, create courses, teach people how I write, writing my own books, my own information products, eBooks, workshops, running all of those and promoting all of those. People now say, well, shoot, I don't have a voice anymore. I just want this guy. I want to rent his voice. <laughs> I want to sound like Scott Adams. As a matter of fact, uh, a bunch of years back, I bought one of his books, uh, Bigly. Did you have anything to do with that? Winning Bigly? It was when Trump first. No, that was, that was before my time. Before, <laughs> before yet. That's fine. Uh, yeah, because he has a specific way. If you listen to him on a podcast or something, he has a specific, specific way of speaking. Um, and you just said it in his book. You didn't. Get it twenty. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, we did his 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 latest two, which is uh, reframe your brain and um, the updated edition of how to fail at almost everything and still win big. I think I heard him promoting that on, on somebody's podcast not too long back. Okay, how do you handle feedback from clients? What kind of feedback do they generally give you? Most of the feedback that I get is going to be specific to, oh, Joshua, I forgot to share this detail with you. We need to put this in there. Something they left out. It mostly has to do with the content of it. Like, oh, there's another okay. other detail or um, an author will tell me about an experience that they had and they will leave out important details. And then mm -hmm. I will use literary license to simulate them so that it has a complete story and will say, well, it actually wasn't my uncle that said that to me. It was actually my brother-in-law. Okay, we swap that out, right? So it has to do with details sorts of things. It's usually okay. not structure. It's not flow. It's not design. It's not any of that literary stuff that they have feedback on. It's usually the details of the story and whatnot, because they're the unique sources of that. And I can't, I guess I can make it up, but I'm not going to necessarily yeah. have it be hundred percent accurate every single time. You see, might get called out for it. But it's the facts and details that they need to, they need to speak a little bit. Now, were you in your past, uh, were you a, like a script writer in Hollywood and anywhere? Did you have a script? How'd you get into this? I got into it by accident. I had a, a two book publishing deal from a small independent press when I was 20 years old 20. and for two novels. Interestingly enough, I was signing copies, attending book fairs, book launches, book events, meeting fans, taking selfies on flip phones back then I had to turn the phone around and it would be off center because you couldn't see the little viewfinder when you're holding up the flip phone. And two of my readers of my novels reached out to me. They were both a bit older and said, Joshua, I've wanted to write a book longer than you've been alive. Yours is good. I want my, and I realized reading your book, I want my autobiography to read like a novel. I want to be a memoir and I'm going to be interesting like the way that you write. Now, notice they didn't say, I want a ghostwriter. I want you to be my ghostwriter. Because I wasn't even a quote unquote ghostwriter at that point. Right. I just, I was a novelist. And they said, can I, can I rent your services? Can I, can I lease you away from your books? to, 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 to um, help me with mine. And I said, okay, fine, sure. And I've been saying, okay, fine, sure, for 84 books now. That's a lot of books. I'm, and I'm 32 old. So if you run the numbers, and I've been doing this for a while, I, I do, I have quite a bit of output. 
on do. both do. they have both quality and quantity. Are they in a particular industry you find? Or they run a range? It really varies. It does. But what doesn't vary is I need to raise my profile. I need an authority book, meaning I need a book that positions me as the go-to expert and the authority in the space for their personal brand as a CEO or as the founder or for their company, meaning this company that I, as the founder or CEO of it uh, run, we have a prolific unique value proposition, unique selling proposition. Um, and we're going to teach you all of our secrets through this book. And that they leverage to get new partnerships, open up media opportunities, and of course, generate sales qualified leads, reduce time to sale, that is uh, lower the or shorten the customer uh, or shorten the, the sales cycle, lower churn, as all number of fantastic economic benefits to uh, authorship, if long as you write the right kind of book. Right. Absolutely. If I were to get into ghostwriting, which I'm certainly not going to do, what advice would you give to me? Like if you, just, if you were just starting out? Yeah. It would be to write your own books first. Or frankly, write my own book. Write your own books. Or, well, not, not book, but books. Not or, book, but books. And the reason it would be to write your own books is that this is a grand struggle for people who are just starting out. Because what often happens for those just starting out is, okay, you're a professional ghostwriter. Uh, can I see some books you've written? Oh, I'm just starting out. Oh, so you can't actually write a book yet. Well, you'd be my first. Nobody wants to be the guinea Nobody pig. wants to be the first. Yeah. Are you, you actually, you'd only ever be my second book. Nobody wants to be that person. Right. So the more books you write, the more books people want you to write is my experience. But I went out and wrote my own books first and they were, and they were commercially viable to the extent that people said, this is so good. I need to hire you to be my own writer for mm -hmm. my book. And that's how I made the pivot. So it would actually be to write your own books and create your own personal brand, make a name for yourself. To sum up my advice for aspiring ghostwriters, it is to say, don't aspire to be a ghostwriter, be a writer of your own stuff and say, you are also a ghostwriter for hire. If you like what I've written, you might like even better what I write for you. That would be your pitch. Okay. Awesome. All right. I know you have to jump off. What is one question you think I should have asked, but I wasn't smart enough to ask it? It was that question. About getting in. That is... Uh, about how, about how getting into ghostwriting? No, it's that one. If, I, if, if there's a question I should have asked, what was it? That's the question that most people should have asked. And so you have, in fact, asked it. So so what we've done is is we have found a wormhole uh, through space and time itself right now. This is a reflexive a reflexive moment because that is the question that I tell people that they should have asked and they didn't. Um, I give a lot of interviews, as you might, as you might imagine. Jim. I'm sure. And most yeah. people don't ask that question, but that is the question to ask. Um, most people usually have Something they've always wanted to ask a ghostwriter about some sort of celebrity gossip or industry insight or secrets or rumors or, or that sort of thing. Because you do pick up quite a bit, quite a bit in my business. They and you can see trends coming years, years in advance. Um, so, it, so it would be, do you have any more, any morbid curiosities that you have <laughs> about my line of work? Right. How was, well, then how was Scott Adams to work with? It was fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, he's one of the easier to get along people that I've had 
uh, 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 clients. Um, some are difficult. Yes, some are difficult in that they are resistant to doing what's correct. And doing what's correct would be things like following the industry standards, doing implementing persuasion best practices, using this word, not that word, and here's why. But it's usually dealing with big personalities and big egos that you run into troubles because they want to have it their way, not the right way. It has to be their way because their way is the right way from their perspective. And they used to have that just leads them down... Okay, well, that's not gonna. That's probably going to uh, hamper uh, book sales. Don't care. That's how it has to be. Okay, it's not my book. Mm -hmm. It's yours. Have fun with that. But Scott was uh, a, a lot more apt to accepting changes that I was making, and of course, I would explain. Here's why we need to add this, or I, I want to say it this way instead. That sort of thing, and easy going. And we, we did an interview together about that experience. And really, I have to look that yes. up. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, on, my, on my channel. It is. Okay, good. I'll go in there and do a deep dive into there and pull that up. Okay, Joshua Weissick, thank you very much for coming on. It's very interesting. Um, I have a lot of stories, but none that I want to share. Um, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And um, good fortune. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pink Door Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. Mm -hmm.